0: Well, I um, think it's safe to say it's been warm, warm lately, warm, um, grew up in Texas, so it's warm out there too, but West Texas is a different kind of warm, and the humidity here is um, sweet, uh, and so, but it, it's just a different thing, still trying to get used to it, six years into living here, and um I don't know if you've. I know, without question, you all have had to at some point in time work in the heat, or you've had a hard day, and then you either come inside into the air conditioning, or someone hands you a cold beverage, and all of a sudden you're like, "This is better than I ever remember it being before." You ever had that experience? Like, man, so so refreshing. Uh, to be able to have that, or maybe after a a hard day's work, you're able to take a shower, and it just feels incredibly refreshing, and it means something to you. And so there's something that's powerful about experiencing refreshing. And so uh, that's what I think this series is meant to be for us, is to be able to take a step back and to go to the place, I think, in the scriptures where there is Maximum refreshing. And it just is an opportunity to come in and allow uh, a healing balm to, to come over our hearts and our souls and our minds as we get to explore what the Psalms are. You know, it takes some intentionality actually to be refreshed, right? It doesn't actually just happen on accident, something that you have to do. You gotta step into the shower or air conditioning or receive a a bottle of water or some cold beverage or something like that. And so there's an intentionality that needs to happen in order to experience refreshing. And that's what I wanna take some time over the next few weeks to be able to do is actually an intentional reach to be refreshed, by the presence, the power, and the goodness of God. I think that's actually what the Psalms are. It's an opportunity to be refreshed, even if some of those refreshments come through lament, Right where there's some, we're gonna go over some Psalms that are gonna express hurt and sadness. But I have to tell you, that's a refreshing thing. If there is sadness and you're unable to lament, but you just bottle it up, man, I'm telling you, there's actually refreshing that comes that needs to happen, when we experience those, there's refreshing that comes from praise and gratitude and we'll get a chance to do that. And there's refreshing that comes from being able to express hurts or frustrations or fears or needs. It's all there, incredibly present, all throughout this book of songs that we get to explore. And these allow us to be refreshed, because more than anything, it's actually just a declaration of the glory and the grandeur of God. It is an expression of his heart to us, who he is, and how we can approach him through the good times and the bad times. And so we're gonna be intentional to experience something that goes a little deeper into the soul and then we're gonna start here in this very first psalm. It's actually one of the most read psalms because it sits right up at the front, I think. Have you ever done the reading plan? Sometimes you don't get to Psalm 150, but you're gonna to get to Psalm 1, right? You're gonna get there at least. And so we're gonna just take a minute, and I don't, listen, there's nothing about the Scripture that's accidental. I want you to hear this. I don't think there's any way, shape, or form this first song. We get to open up. Is going to lead us into the place of gladness, the place of maximum joy, because it's going to say blessed. The very first word is blessed. So let's read this together, and we'll just take some moments to be able to let it wash over us, and then uh, we're going to have a chance, as we do on the first Sunday of each month, and to have communion together, to be able to commune with the Lord and with each other. So blessed or blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I'm struck by the intentionality that's necessary to be able to experience blessing. I think it would be great if we could Maybe somehow attain it and experience it by just osmosis or sitting back, but there's some real encouragement here from the heart of the Lord to say, listen, if you want to be blessed, and a great translation is full-scale happy, not uh, willy-nilly happy, but Something alive on the inside of you, very intentional, that actually means something something to you. Happy, glad-hearted, full-scale experiencing all that you might be able to experience from the life of the creator of the universe in you. And so he talks about what it might look like to actually stand under what it means to be blessed how we might taste and see what god has to give to us and so he says here's where it begins blessed is are those who not that don't walk or walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, I'm just struck as he begins to, the psalmist's song begins to talk about the counsel of the wicked. What he's saying here is, okay, I want you to be aware of where you spend your time, where your investment is. And he's just pulling forward very real ways that we actually live this life. And he says, where do you spend your time? If you're, who do you come around? That's the question. He says, the counsel you know, walks not in the counsel of the wicked. He's asking the question, who is it that you listen to? Who is it that you listen to? Where are your ears? And he says, but not stand in the way of sinners. Meaning, what you do, or you, might, you and I might use the term how we behave. So who we listen to, then what we do, and then he moves on. And he finishes with sits in the seat of scoffers, meaning this. Who are your people? Who do you belong to? Who are you listening to? Who are you walking with? How are you going about your life? Meaning the things that you don't do are just as important as the things that you do do meaning our happiness is just as connected to what we say no to as to what we actually say yes to. That our ability to experience the refreshing heart of the Father actually has some intentionality to it. It's not a willy-nilly thing. It's actually, there's some thought that might go into your life that if you're wanting to experience the covering and blessing and joy and a gladness that comes from what it means to actually be in a relationship with God, then you and I actually have to think a little bit about what we say yes to and what we say no to, but because in both of them, there is actually a pathway for experiencing what God has for us. Happiness takes intentionality. A glad heart actually takes some intentionality. And so in this case, he's just got such a good father, by the way. Good fathers give helpful warnings to to sons and daughters. Sometimes those warnings, uh, all the kids would know, uh, sometimes the warnings are just a look. You never know, a dad just gives you a look. Just, hey, that's probably not a good way to go. This is a good father who's just saying, hey, Your time actually means something. I want you to hear this. You can't get away from this. You are an image-bearer of the God of the universe. You sit in this room, you're taking breath into your lungs. It's who you are. Therefore, everything you do matters. Nothing is insignificant. And if you're in Christ, you get to receive this blessing, this fullness, gladness that comes from this relationship. And God is, as a good father, just wanting to say, hey, there are some people that you need to be around and time and investments of your energy and effort and time that are going to bring life to you. And there's those that could bring brokenness. And I think it's, it's incredibly, I think it's why, here's what I love, um, Certainly saying no to broken things is just important as saying yes to right things. But what I actually love uh, is there's no uh, prohibition here where, you know, old school religion would say, all right, what you got to do is you got to try to find out who all the evil people are. And then, uh, you know, you got to look and you've got to try to create a judgment, make a judgment about. He's not saying, listen, he's not inviting us into full scale judgment of every person out there. What he's actually saying is you got to begin to think about where you spend your time. Who are the people that get to invest into you? He's not saying, listen, in fact, I think a lot of the church has often been seen as people who bring a lot of shame and guilt on the society around them with their judgments heavy handed. No, what we're saying is actually, let's be aware of what's actually going to bring life because what is in you is more powerful than that which is in the world. So we don't have to come afraid of what is broken or afraid of what is evil or afraid what is in the world. But what we do get to do is with discernment, ask God the question with our ears inclined to heaven, Lord, where would you have me put my time and my energy and effort to experience maximum fullness with you? No one gets to exert their influence over you when you and I get to give that position to the Lord first. It's the intentional question we get to ask. Where do you linger? What are the voices that influence you the most? Is it, a, is it bringing you towards a pathway of blessing and gladness or is it leading you away? And so I think it's an important question because in the world where there, listen, there's more information coming at you and me than there ever has been in the history of the world. So much of it, just right on the the phone that you carry in your hands, constancy of messages, constancy of ideas and thoughts. And it's just worth asking the question, who is actually influencing you, your time? ways that you process life, where do you linger? That's what he actually wants to get to. So he's not just, as a father, just throwing out a prohibition, but he wants to be able to say something. And he says to us in verse two, so his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, what a powerful statement. And I, I actually, I'm so thrilled that the Lord uses this word, delight. I think this is the most important word for you and I to be able to read here and see from the heart of the Father to us is that his delight, enjoyment, is in the word of the Lord. Delight meaning not duty. And I don't know about you, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in church. All you folks that grew up in church, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's why it's important sometimes to sing those songs, break off the old stuff, and sometimes break off religion. I don't know if, you, if you're new in the Lord, it's beautiful. If you've been in the Lord for a while, the easiest thing in the world is for um, religion to try to crawl up on you. And to have its way, saying, You better do this and you better do that. Because if you don't, well, you won't be blessed. And the Father saying here, No, there are some places of intentionality that I want you to think about where you spend your time, but I want you to hear this. Delight is the engine and fuel for your soul. Delight not duty. If you feel shame because you haven't been spiritual enough, or you haven't been good enough, or you don't know enough, or you haven't prayed enough, or you haven't read enough, you need to hear the Father removing the rule off of you and inviting you into delight that your reading and your praying and your sharing come from a place of delight. That's where the heart of the Father is for us. It's where life is found and experienced. I love uh, one of my favorite pastors and theologians. He His meditation on the Psalms, he says this way, his name is Sam Storms, pastor out in Oklahoma, he says, would it surprise you to discover that God's primary agenda in the giving of his law is your optimal and most durable delight? God's strategy in disclosing his will and ways, whether in the form of rules, prohibitions, commandments, or exhortations, isn't to muzzle human joy, but to maximize it. Every commandment in Scripture, every precept, every prohibition or principle is lovingly designed to lead us away from what otherwise might spoil our appetite for God. What a thought. You and I actually have powerful appetites for life. All of humanity has it the whole world is just searching to be fulfilled. Honestly, what they're looking for is to be blessed, to be full-hearted, glad, have full, like sincere joy. The whole world is looking for it. And everything that comes from the mouth of the Father is actually aimed for you and I to have maximum fulfillment and delight. And it only is found in him. And so anything that the Lord gives to us in what feels like a rule or a command, which there are, is actually God saying, I'm angling you for delight. I'm leading you towards delight. What a powerful experience that we actually get to have in a, the God of the universe who created us with desire. You can't get away from that. You Listen, if you've got desire welling up inside of you, you can't repent for having desire. We can only repent or turn back home to the Lord for desiring things that won't ultimately bring real delight. We can only say, I'm sorry, and turn our heart back to the Lord for longing for things that won't actually end up answering the cry of the heart for fullness. And so he says, listen, take this thing in. Let this word wash over you. And then what he says is meditate on it. Now, uh, in the West, we don't talk a lot about meditation, or if we ever hear about meditation, it's usually kind of an Eastern uh, idea, which it is. It is. Our, our faith is an Eastern faith, <laughs> just like it didn't start in like Ohio. It's just, it's just for clarity. I don't know. Um, and so there's this idea, and it goes something like this. The easiest thing in the world to do is to consume the thing that's right in front of you. But there is something fuller if you would be willing to take the time to taste and see It's not a prohibition from, listen, there's great things in the world. There's food and vacations and fun and travel and beautiful, great things. But there is an invitation to taste and see that there is a delight of the soul, the heart that literally cannot come from any other place in all the universe but the word of the Father over you. Like, what does he say about you? What does he tell you about himself? And I'm just, there's gonna be moments that you're gonna need more than 30 seconds to get there with the Lord. And I'd be the first to even confess, I'm struggling in a fast-moving world. It's so easy, just like, okay, I'm gonna make sure I do my reading plan and get on with the day and the things that we've gotta get to. And there's just an invitation here. Meditate. Let your heart and mind consume that which cannot be had in any other place on the face of the earth. So there's the invitation. I don't know, um, any of you guys have hobbies? Many, a bunch of you guys have hobbies. Um, I don't have a ton of hobbies. If I have a a hobby, it's it's putting meat over an open flame. It's my only... Uh, I'm not good at much else. Um, uh, I'm not on social media much. <clears throat> but when uh, I am on social media, I'm usually watching men cook over an open flame. It's a little bit awkward. I'm just gonna be honest with you. But love smoking, grilling, all those kinds of things. It's fascinating. But you know what it does? Is it makes microwaving a hot dog just a travesty. Is what it does. It just, and I'm not above microwaving hot dogs, all right? But what happens is when you delight in richer fare, all of a sudden your taste for things that are lesser start to fade. And I don't know what yours is, gardening or your hobbies, traveling or all those kind of fun things, artwork, fitness, all this stuff, all that stuff's great, but what they all do inevitably is as you get further and further into it, you can look at the things that are inferior, and all of a sudden, you're amazed, why would I ever go to that when I can have an experience this, and that is actually what the Father is inviting us into to say, oh, don't let your life and your ear be inclined to the wicked and, and stand and do the things that those that are broken and sin keep doing over and over and find yourself sitting in there with scoffers and doing the same thing. Why would you ever go to inferior pleasures when you can delight in something richer? Now, you gotta be willing to put the time in as any of you who have a hobby know. It takes some time. Any of you that started your hobby, you were horrible at it when you first started. And I think that's honestly some of the catch. In our like quick microwave world, uh, we feel bad at doing intimacy with the God of the universe. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I'd just be the first to say, man, I felt doing it. I'm like, I'm doing this bad. You're like lobbing prayers out there. You're like, I'm sorry, God, that was a stupid prayer. I mean, you don't even know. You're just like, here it is, God, can you help me out? I don't know, I'm trying to connect with you. I'm kind of upset. You know, just here's all the things I'm fussing about. It's just, and, it, and listen, if you ever felt that way, just welcome to the club first, all right? And two, God loves it all. That's what's amazing. If you're going like, I stink at prayer and reading the Bible, well, Listen, the father is scooping you up and loves it all. You know how I know that? Because I got kids. And literally everything they have ever started was horrible. Their artwork when they were two years old was precious to me, but couldn't be sold for a nickel out on the market, okay? All right? But guess what? It meant the world to me. I have letters and notes and pictures and artwork in my office and on my phone that mean the world to me because they're my kids. They're amazing. Man, this is where the Father is with you and me. When he says delight in my words. Delight, enjoy, taste, this is what you have with the Father. You don't have to bake it up. You don't have to try to clean yourself up to do your awesome, quiet time. Delight. come. If you feel bad intimacy with Jesus, guess what He's just inviting you into more with him. That's where He wants to lead every one of us. I think that's what this scripture is trying to say. He says, I'm not asking you to get up with bare knuckle duty to try to get better at your religion. He's actually inviting you to come and delight in his words over you, and what he would say to you, what he would express to you, and what you could receive from him. One word from the Father blasts 10,000 words in this earth, annihilates maybe the voice of the enemy against you, the Lord's ready to crush it with what he would say about you. And that's why he says, verse three, the one who delights. It's like a tree planted by streams of water and its leaf does not wither. What a powerful, what a simple and yet really beautiful incredible picture. How many of you know that happiness and and gladness has to be able to experience sometimes the challenge of the blazing hot sun or the winds that come against you, but roots that are nourished in the words of the Father, guess what? It yields fruit. Meaning if you want maximum gladness or to be able to experience blessing then there has to be something alive in you that supersedes the blazing hot sun and the wind coming. Because that, that stuff's gonna happen in life. But there's something that's richer that for you and I to get to carry. And by the way, isn't it fun to be around people who carry that? Can we just acknowledge for a minute when you're around someone who's like rooted and planted, aren't they refreshing to you? I'm so grateful. I'm looking around the room full of them. That when you get to be rooted and planted by streams of water, because you've delighted in the heart of the Lord, you get to be a blessing to the people around you and they get to be a blessing to you. And honestly, that's why we're doing this thing here. I mean, if you needed world-class worship, which I feel like we do, and world-class preaching, which we clearly have here, You can get that online. What I would love to do is build a community of people who are planted by streams of water and who have the fullness of the Lord to be able to give to each other. You guys, team can come up. We're gonna just finish out here in a minute. In fact, I think uh, there's an invitation uh, for us to trust him in a fresh way and so we're going to take communion here in a moment in fact you guys stand with me we're just going to get to do it it's one thing to talk about it's another thing just to delight in the lord that's what we're going to do we're going to take the last seven minutes we have here to just delight in the lord to be people who are planted by streams of water. Not because they've figured out how to do life or been able to pull themselves up by their bootstraps or fix their lives or be in control, but in, in fact, it's those that have opened their hands up to come into a Real and rich and vibrant relationship with the God of the universe. And to be able to weather the storms. So we're going to do that through communion just gonna ask, would you ask the Lord, would you open my heart up in a fresh way to to nearness with you, to closeness with you, to being refreshed by you like a tree planted by water, to have roots that are unfazed by the hot sun or the blowing wind, the things in life that will come and try to steal, kill, and destroy real faith? And so would you do what a real child, a true child would do? Would you ask for the Father to care for you, to love you, to give you his word? Would you invite him? a moment we're going to receive the bread and the cup, the body of Christ that was broken and the blood of Christ that was shed so that you and I could come into a covenant with him. An unbreakable covenant that he keeps for us. That he shares his perfection with us. And we do that simply by opening our hands and saying, God, we need you. we're willing and ready to lay down the inferior pleasures of this world. In fact, would you just be willing and take this 20 seconds to just lay down anything that you've been holding on to that's inferior and keeping you from nearness with God? Just to ask the Lord. Lord, I'm, I give this to you. Will you take it? broken thing, the hurt thing, the sad thing fear, whatever it is, addiction we lay it down and we receive the delight that comes from your presence and your word we thank you Jesus that you came and accomplished all of this on the cross we bless you In a moment, I'm gonna invite you forward just to receive the bread and the cup. As soon as you receive the bread and the cup, you are free to take. You can take it then as you receive it. You can take it back to your chair and have a seat. Our team is just gonna worship over us as we come and receive from the Lord. And so you're free to be able to do that. The only thing we ask is you're a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're invited to come and receive the elements. So Father, I thank you for what you did in opening a door for intimacy and nearness with you closeness with you through your son, Jesus, the author, perfecter of our faith. We thank you, your body broken and bloodshed. That's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may come down the middle aisle and return around the sides.